It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to the show. Hunting season is underway, and I've been exploring the area that I've moved to in the Columbia Basin of eastern Washington. Some people call it hunting. Others call it going for a walk with a shotgun, but it's been a lot of fun. I found some new places, a couple that hold some pretty good promise. Haven't harvested a whole lot of birds yet, but the first northerns are coming down from Canada, and I think that things are going to be changing soon. Definitely looking forward to the heart of the season and hunting with folks like my son and my best friend. Another hunting season that's going on in a lot of parts of the country right now is elk hunting season. And that's why Gary Lewis, that very well-known outdoors writer and the host of Frontier Unlimited on TV, is going to be joining us with some really good advice to help you tag out on a bull elk this fall. Another guest we'll have on today is Stephen Paul. He's that Tennessee muskie fishing guide we've had on in the past. He just won an award for a lure he developed called the Titan Junior. A year prior to that, he came out with the Titan, and it's kind of a jerkbait, but it looks very unique, and it operates in a very unique way, too. And this lure is not only going to work for muskie, it's also going to work for pike and for walleye and bass, so you'll want to pay attention to this segment when we have Stephen on. Our third guest today, that would be Alan. Weiner. He is the president of Reeling in Serenity. This is a nonprofit organization, volunteer driven, that works to keep people clean and sober through fly fishing. Alan's going to explain more about how that works, and we're also going to let you know about some events that are happening this weekend in North Carolina that they are involved in, as well as some future events coming up around the country. Before we talk to our guests, though, let's share some outdoors news, and let's start off doing so with one of my favorite segments. It's record fish time. We're going to start off in South Dakota, where there's a new state record walleye that's been caught. It happened October 27th. The angler in question is Aaron Shuck out of South Dakota. He was fishing walleye at Lake Oahe and pulling a WNC Reaper crankbait when he got the fish on. He had a lot of line out, about 187 feet, so it took him a while to get the fish in, but when he weighed it, it turned out to be 16 pounds, 8 ounces on a certified scale. Also measured 33 inches long, beat out the previous state record by six ounces, and that walleye is going to be a wall of Aaron's home because he took it straight to the taxidermist, and I don't blame him a bit. That's not the only state record to tell you about. There's a new catch-and-release steelhead record that was caught out of the Clearwater River in Idaho. Now, I can tell you the Clearwater River in north-central Idaho is known for really big steelhead. They have a bee run of summer steelhead that can get up to 20-plus pounds, and this fish was even bigger than that. From Idaho Fishing Game, we learned that the angler caught it, and I'm going to butcher the name here. Kyria Kos Panayatoy. He hails from McCall, Idaho. He was fishing a fly with a two-handed spay rod on October 6th. He had about 120 to 130 feet out when the monster fish hit. Now, not only was he using a spay rod, he was using an old-school hardy perfect reel. And according to Kyriakos, it didn't do much in slowing it down for quite some time, but he eventually got it in. Now, 
The catch and release records in Idaho, they're all done by measuring. And this fish measured 41 inches long, a full one and three quarter inches longer than the previous catch and release record that was set in 2021. And if you're wondering how rare this fish is, well, Clearwater Fisheries Manager Joe DuPont says in a typical year, the number of steelhead in the 40 inch range is less than 1% of the run. So this, this was a pretty special fish indeed. Is there a record fish waiting for you out there? There's only one way to find out. Go fishing and see if you can hook one. Congratulations on your new record. Turning to professional bass angling news. Congratulations are in order to Patrick Chest won his third National Professional Fishing League victory, this time on Lake Lanier, with a three-day total of 57 pounds, 5 ounces on the season finale for this tournament fishing circuit. Walters, like much of the field, was keen in on the vast amount of brush that Lake Lanier has to offer, but the big difference in getting bigger fish to bite each day and surviving the local pressure was targeting piles with a larger group of fish than normal. According to Walters, you had to find brush with a lot of fish, and they had to be set up right within. Usually, they didn't get set up until later in the morning. It was really hard to trick 5 or 10 bass, but if you found a pile with 20, you could get them to compete for it and bite. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. And if you've been out hunting and you're not satisfied with the performance of the rifle you're using, well, upgrade to a rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. They've got all sorts of great rifles for deer hunting, elk hunting, small game hunting, and more. And you can check out the entire lineup at henryusa.com. You're going to find that these great-looking rifles are all made right here in America. That's a great thing about Henry Repeating Arms, all manufactured in the USA, not imported from other countries. These rifles are all rugged, they're all accurate, right out of the box, and they've got a lifetime satisfaction guarantee. So get the rifle you deserve. And your first stop is henryusa.com. Check out the lineup, look for an authorized dealer near you, and go get yourself a Henry for the holidays. You won't regret it. It's time for the Trail of Shame. Shame, shame on you. Shame, shame on you. Stories of poachers, scoundrels, and other ne'er-do-wells. So if you see someone committing a criminal act on the water or in the field, turn them in. It's the right thing to do. Also from Wired to Fish, we've got an update about that infamous walleye cheater, Chase Kaminsky of Hermitage, Pennsylvania. You may recall that he and his partner were busted at a walleye tournament at Lake Erie after they stuffed the fish with weights, and the tournament director cut those fish open and showed the world for what those two cheaters were. Well... Now, Chase Kaminsky's been charged with multiple counts ear poaching between 2013 and 2021. According to a complaint filed by the Pennsylvania Game Commission, they were contacted by an individual that knew Kaminsky, and he ratted him out. And during an investigation of his home, wardens discovered five mounted bucks that had been tagged under another person's name or killed at night or out of season. Kaminsky doesn't sound too smart. You know, most people, when they commit a crime, they try to hide the evidence, but he actually had it hanging on his wall. Wow. Kaminsky was charged on October 23rd with two counts of unlawful killing or taking a big game, three counts of unlawful taking possession of game or wildlife, and two counts of unlawful acts concerning licenses, along with a violation in tagging and reporting big game kills. And Kaminsky's in 
other legal trouble as well. He still has charges pending from a case in February of this year where he and his son, Caden Kaminsky, were charged with conspiracy to commit forgery when they attempted to pass counterfeit $100 bills in a bowling alley in his hometown of Hermitage. It all goes to show that cheaters never prosper. And Mr. Kaminsky, you really are not the smartest criminal. And that's why you, sir, are walking our trail of shame. Shame on you. Finally, have you ever wanted to go to Montana and go on a buffalo hunt? Well, you can purchase lottery tickets for a chance to do so on the Blackfeet Reservation. Every three weeks from now until February 28th, There's going to be drawings, and you can buy tickets for $10 each. You can purchase up to 20 tickets, and this lottery is open to all hunters. That means tribal members, non-members, Montana residents, and non-residents. Now, if you win, you have to pay the Blackfeet Fish and Wildlife Department $2,500 within one week of the successful draw to secure the hunt. If more than 250 chances are sold through the lottery, the license will be free to the winning hunter. Successful hunters can keep the bison's head, hide, and meat to enter the drawing. Go to the Montana Fish Wildlife website. You'll find it at fwp.mt.gov backslash buy and apply. Again, that website, fwp.mt.gov backslash buy and apply. Good luck. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going. This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you, you can check your cook right from your phone, right? I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me. 
Immerse yourself in a complete Alaska wilderness experience through Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Up to six of you will spend a week in a beautiful waterfront log home in a secluded cove. Every day is a new adventure. Go on a guided fishing trip or haul in a bounty of shrimp and crab. Visit a Native American village where totem poles are carved. Go on a whale or bear watching trip and return back to your very own place at the end of the day. Find out more about the Alaska Wilderness Experience at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. It is elk hunting season. I thought we'd get an expert on the line. That expert is Gary Lewis. He is the host of the television show Frontier Unlimited. He is also an author. Has written multiple books, to including a book about Bob Nosler called Going Ballistic that you've really got to read. Gary, welcome back to the show. John Cruz, it's always good to hear your voice. Well, why don't we start off, before we talk elk cutting, tell our listeners about this book. Okay, it's called Born Ballistic, and it's the story of how Nosler stayed in business. And I always wanted to write a business book, and this is probably it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of hunting and adventure stories in it, because that's what we do. But there's a lot of good, solid advice here, so if you have a sales organization or uh, you know a company with 20 guys out there making a living for you hey buy 20 copies of this book and distribute it out there to your guys because they're all going to be better for it all right and you can buy a copy <laughs> folks at garylewisoutdoors.com if you're interested along with several other books that gary has written too let's go ahead and talk elk hunting it is early November. The elk, I presume, are going into the rut in many states. What's some advice that you would give for elk hunters in terms of things they should do and things they shouldn't do this time of year? All right. So, breeding season has been on for a while. The breeding season is still on, so that's something to know. Uh, a lot of people think it's over. It's not over. It's only over when the last cow goes out of Estra. And so when I look at November, I think breeding season is still on. There's things that you can do to play into that. That would be a whole hour's discussion. But November is the favorite time for me. If I'm going to hunt elk, it's November. You know, that's going to be my prime time. I want snow, and you can't control how much or how little you get. (laughs) True. (laughs) What I really want is two or three inches, but... I sometimes get is two or three feet, but you just gotta you gotta hunt out there, bitter cold or not. I like to think in terms of there's hunt days and there's killing days, and you gotta know how to feel what's what and when is the killing day. When you wake up in the morning, sometimes you just know. Okay, and when I plan a trip for elk, there's a thing, a key component that sticks in my head, and it's a number. It's six points. Six days. That's what, when I really did the research, that's what I came up with as to what it takes to be successful in the elk woods. You can get an elk on the first day or the last day of the season, but you got to spend 6.6 days on average to get your elk. That is really an interesting statistic. I, I don't think most people get it out that long. Right. And 
if you have a five-day season, like right now we've got a season in Oregon starting, it's a five-day season, you're already behind the eight ball if you don't scout for, the, for two days before the season starts. So That's when you talk you about this 6.6-day average, is that because most hunters, the first couple days, they're actually scouting as much as they're hunting and right. trying to figure out where the elk are? Yep, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. In in snow, if you're tracking elk, one of the things that we sometimes do is we cow call while we're tracking. But that seems to be a 50-50 proposition, and I would do less of that now at this point because the elk are professionals at being tracked. Every single day of their lives, they're being tracked by something. And so... They're always looking over their shoulders. They go walk out on a high point and look back. And so while you're looking down at tracks, they're looking at you. And then they know, okay, I'm being tracked. And then they keep on moving. And if you're cow calling, you're just educating them at that point. So be better at tracking and look to the spots where the elk are going to look back down on you from. That is some really good advice I have never heard before, but I absolutely love that. It makes perfect sense. I'm telling you because I've learned this stuff, and every one of these things I'm saying brings pain in my heart. <laughs> and the next one is camp close to where you're hunting. You know, the closer you can camp to where you're hunting, the more you're going to be in it. And then if you decide, I'm going to leave at 6 in the morning, instead leave 10 minutes earlier because... Every minute counts, and uh, I, there's just more pain that, that I come up with when I, uh, re- when I remember the reason for that rule. Then another one, do you shoot the bear? Okay, so you got a bear tag in your pocket, and you're hunting elk, and you see a bear. Do you shoot the bear? you got to answer that question long before you see the bear. And I think, to me, the answer is always yes. Right. Okay, but you got to resolve that for yourself before you hunt because, you know, you might have a chance to shoot a bear and say, well, I'm not going to because I'll scare the elk. Well, what it really comes down to is you may not scare the elk because the elk might not be there. And in other cases, the elk are there, but you're not going to scare them because they don't always get scared by gunshots. Oh, interesting. And I guess the same thing goes with the cougar tag, too, if you're lucky enough to have one of those. It is. It's the same thing. And... I just say bear, but you could substitute coyote or cougar in that same thing. I always shoot the coyote. I always shoot the bear. <laughs> I've never shot a cougar, but I always would if I got the chance. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and throw out something else in terms of another common mistake you see hunters make. Oh, this is a pet peeve of mine. you got to have the best bullet that you can get. Don't go buy a bargain box of bullets or... Pull something out of grandpa's stash or whatever just because you're trying to save a dollar or save $20 or whatever. John Nosler designed a bullet that revolutionized big game hunting, okay? There's a lot of premium bullets on the market today. You don't have to buy a Nosler bullet, but you should buy a premium bullet because they kill better, they kill faster, they kill more humanely. And when you and I were growing up, People didn't commonly use high-quality bullets, even though, you know, there were some Nosler bullets available back then. They shot and they shot and they shot. And periodically, our hunting public forgets and goes back to 
buying the cheap box of bullets or buying the accurate bullet, which is not the same as the killing bullet. (laughs) I get it. I would say buy the best bullet you can get, especially if you're hunting with a smaller caliber, like if you're hunting elk with a 7mm08, man, get yourself a good bullet. Great advice, as always, from Gary Lewis. This time about elk hunting, if you want to find out more about what's going on in the world of Gary Lewis, whether it be his podcast or his books or his television show, go to his website. You'll find it at GaryLewisOutdoors.com. That's GaryLewisOutdoors.com. Gary, thanks, as always, for sharing your information with us today on America Outdoors Radio. We'll see you on the trail. I'm Anthony Imperato, president of Henry Repeating Arms. Patriotic Americans are looking to protect and provide for their families now more than ever. Henry has over 200 rifles and shotguns to choose from. Made in America or not made at all. And backed by a lifetime guarantee. Order a free catalog, decals, and a list of Henry dealers in your area. Go to HenryUSA.com or call 1-800-958-4993. Thank you and God bless America. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Hunting is conservation. At the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, we salute hunters for providing the majority of conservation funding across the U.S. Join us for our annual fundraising banquet to benefit wildlife and the mission of the RMEF. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we've got my favorite musky guide on the line. That would be Stephen Paul. He's a musky guide out of Tennessee, and he's also a lure designer. Not just any lure designer, but a lure designer who just won a major award for his new lure, the Titan Junior. Stephen, great to have you back on the show. John, thank you so much. Always happy to speak with you. Yeah, it's really exciting. I've been in the lure design game here for the last few years, and we had the big Titan and the Titan Junior, and then obviously heard about the, what was happening there in Budapest. Let's talk about the Titan and the Titan Junior. Really interesting-looking lure, very innovative. Tell our listeners more about it. Well, it's really systemic. The design process was systemic of just a need. I'm on the water over 300 days a year guiding, and, you know, dive and rise baits are a part of musky fishing, always have been, always will be. But, you know, it, with a dive and rise bait, they're, you know, you can categorize them as a jerk bait, if you will. The design hadn't really changed in a long time, and, and with modern equipment, it was time to make jerk baits easier to fish, right? So you take your weekend angler or somebody that's new to the game, 
a lot of that really wasn't within their, their grasp to start doing right off the bat. It would take a lot of experience and, and came up with a design that really helped me while guiding to get people dialed in on jerkbait fishing quickly where we didn't have to sit here and really have a kind of experience to fish it appropriately. So the design was just to facilitate something that was simple to use that still had that action that the big predatory fish are looking for. How does this jerkbait slash dive and rice bait differ in terms of the retrieve from a typical jerkbait? Well, with the dive and rice baits, it, it, there was a lot of tuning that went into place to get the right dive angle in the musky world. So with, with the Titan, it self-corrects and it self-tunes, so there's no really tune, there's zero tuning you need to do. And so we're able to get different running depths by interchangeable weight systems. So that's what everybody's kind of freaking out on the Titan is it, just, it comes with no weight, a 14-gram weight or a 20-gram weight which changed his entire dive curve. So that takes all the guesswork out of how deep that lure is running. And then you can work that bait as simply as just turning the handle and then pausing or with just jerks of the rod and the bait self-tunes continually so it's always running through. Very interesting. And again, folks, you've got to check this out. What's the website folks should go to if they want to see it? If you want to check out a Titan or a Titan Junior, that's going to be at the Musky Shop. So MuskyShop.com. Uh, if you're if you're a pike or musky angry party, I already know that one. But if you just want to check this site out, MuskyShop.com uh, has the exclusives on these until the end of the year, and you know they're phenomenal. They're, these are available in Europe, but a few different retailers. So if you're in Germany or that market, like PikeShop.de, and if you have a place in the states in North America, MuskyShop.com. And we should talk about that award you won in Europe. Tell our listeners about that. Yeah, that was a neat experience. I got the invite to go to Budapest, and obviously in Hungary, this early part of the summer, there's a F-Step show, which is, is basically ICAST but of Europe. And so all the main, major manufacturers, all the distributors, all the companies, you know, from Japan to China and all points in between show up at that show, and... uh they had nominated the Titan in there, excuse me, the Titan Junior for Bait of the Year, and we never taken home a prize. So it was a pretty, pretty staggering deal. I'd never been to Hungary, and I never won a award for a bait. So that was quite the week. It was pretty exciting, and just you know, such a different design. I think stands out. I think at a certain point, you know, people think it's all been done in fishing tackle, and there's a there's a lot of room for innovation still. I believe. You know, I look at this lure, and I know you designed it as a musky lure. But it seems to mm-hmm. me that especially the Titan Junior would be very good as a bass lure, too. It's, it's happening already, and it happened in the prototype stages. So it was funny. The first fish that I caught on the Titan Junior, obviously I was targeting muskies, and I ended up catching about a seven-pound marshmallow. So oh, my gosh. That's the first one I caught before I even got a muskie on it. And we had really good success with that for big largemouth and then big walleye. And so the, the Titan Junior has kind of a slow rise rate when you pull it that thing. It's jerked or it's ripped down. It floats back up like a wounded bait fish with a slow, slow rise. So any predatory fish, big pike, have been eating that thing up. So it's, it's sort of in that sweet spot for it would be a big bass bait or a big walleye bait, but a downsized muskie and pike bait. So it's in that sweet spot where you can pick up pretty much any big predator with it. Another question for you. I mean, a jerk bait, clearly you jerk to get the movement mm-hmm. that you want. Do you jerk this bait as well, or is it more of a stop and pause retrieve? Well, that's the thing, is you can do both. So you can get a very kind of straightforward, erratic action by real stop, real stop, real stop. You can be side sweeps of the rod or downward sweeps or downward taps of the rod, and you're going to get an action out of it. So the versatility is there. 
you know, depending on conditions. If I really am like working with things fast, it was like fluid soils on a shallow cover or structure. I'll actually just rely on a high speed wheel, real stop, real stop, real stop. So it's far easier. But if I want to drive it down, you know, side sweep to the rod, maybe a three four sweep of the three four foot sweep of the rod, rip it down, then pick up the slack as it's floating up and repeat. So you have that versatility to really dial that that presentation in for a quick up and down erratic action or like long plunging sweepy divey thing. So it's all on the table with that say. It just depends on how you put it to want to manipulate the bait, if you will, whether it's rod or reel or a combination thereof. All right. Well, folks, if you want an award-winning lure that'll catch muskie and bass and pike and walleye, check out the Titan and the Titan Junior. The website to go to is muskyshop.com. That's muskyshop.com. Before I let you go, I've got to ask you about fishing. You are a muskie guide in Tennessee. How have things been yes, lately? Sir. Yeah, it's been really good. It, it's been an odd weather year. I think a lot of people, regardless of what fish they're targeting is most, it's been very, very erratic weather-wise. When we get stability, the fishing's great. Just before we started rolling the show, it's was saying we did this deal with some heavy cold fronts coming through. So, you know, you got to stay ahead of these fronts and have a game plan. You know, fall's very interesting. We can have a shallow bite. You can have a deep water bite and a suspended bite during it all time. So keeping all your options open, being prepared to whether it be cast, troll, or jig on any given day, that's what's going to keep you in front of some big southern muskies. You know, I've, I've never asked. I know as a bass fisherman, when a cold front comes through, I generally will resort to finesse fishing as opposed mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, going after that reaction bite that's usually not there. What do you do as a muskie angler? Well, it's funny. We were just talking about one bait, and buddy, do I have another one that comes out here shortly? <laughs> so I have a, a bait called the Kraken. It'll be out here probably after the first year. Imagine, a, you know, like bass tubes, this plastic, like, finesse tubes you would fish for bass? Sure. Imagine a 10-inch version of that that's half hard, half soft for muskies at six feet. Interesting. And it's taken me about three years to perfect that. And it is the most devastating presentation I've ever seen for negative and neutral muskies or pike. And so that's something I've relied on. There really wasn't anything on the market for a lot of years. We had, you know, glide bait, subsurface gliders for, for tough conditions, cold fronts, things of that nature. But the problem with muskies and pike is, is they'll go deep in a cold front. So you're counting baits down, you know, and you really had to be diligent. Okay, I need to count this bait down 10 feet. It just slowed the whole process down incredibly where you know, we weren't able to cover water. And so I hope we have a solution that for that, that a lot of people, you have to really pay attention to your electronics and you have to be prepared that you're not going to get a bunch of follows in any given day. You really need to rely on your structure knowledge and observing forage to really get dialed in where these fish are supposed to be and sort of trust your gut. And, and just pound small locations really thoroughly. Make sure you put it right in their face, and hopefully you're going to get a reaction that's as positive as a muskie during a cold front. That's Stephen Paul, folks. If you want to buy some of his lures, just go to muskyshop.com. And if you want to go fishing with them in Tennessee for muskie, go to tennesseemuskyfishing.com. That's tennesseemuskyfishing.com. Stephen, always a pleasure to have you on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you so much, John. You're a legend. Much appreciated.
We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in Southeast Alaska for a while now. They're truly Alaska's best lodge. Wildlife is abundant from bears and deer to eagles and whales. And let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing, halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. This is the Rolling Knife Sharpener by WorkSharp. Designed to make sharpening fast, easy, and work every time. Snap to your angle, select your abrasive, and make sharp happen. Sharpen your kitchen knives, large and small, Japanese knives, and even pocket knives. The magnetic angle base secures a wide range of knives at four set angles. Three premium abrasives deliver fast sharpening and exceptional results. The tri-axle drive system allows you to follow the curve of your longest blade. And the soft touch grip ensures comfort and safety during the entire sharpening process. Add confidence to your cuts. Make sharp happen. Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here for you. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at americaoutdoorsradio.com. That's americaoutdoorsradio.com. Hurry, though. If you wait too long, the big opportunity might get away. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got a really unique organization I want to tell you about. It's called Reeling in Serenity. And this organization helps keep people clean and sober through fly fishing. With us here to tell you more about this nonprofit is the president of the organization, Andy Weiner. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Good to be here. 
So Andy, you bring a lot to the table. You're a longtime publishing professional. You love to fly fish yourself. You've even written an award-winning children's fly fishing book. How did you get involved in the organization that's focused on recovery? I started because I connected with somebody through my book and learned about the fact that she was working with a group of women in sobriety on a fly fishing retreat, and we bonded over that because she had a picture of herself in a magazine holding a book that was written by my father. And my father was a recovered alcoholic. He was 47 years sober when he passed away, and he wrote numerous books about recovery. And he was my inspiration, and he was also my fly fishing buddy. That's a great story. So how does Reeling in Serenity work? We use the same model that a number of fly fishing nonprofits use. A lot of people have probably heard of casting for recovery or real recovery or the Mayfly Project. And what people have learned is that fly fishing is a great activity for finding peace and serenity. And we use that model working with anglers who are working their sobriety. And we take them on free fly fishing retreats. We provide some instruction about fly fishing, a little entomology about bugs and what fish eat. And then take folks out out to fish. We have guides for each angler. Do a little bit of conversation about recovery. We don't want to make it a sort of an overbearing experience about sobriety. We really want to introduce people to the activity and the peace that they can find participating in it. I've heard of a fly fishing being used as therapy for like veterans suffering mm-hmm. from PTSD. How does it help people who have been addicted to drugs or alcohol? You know, I think it's really the same way that it helps the, the veterans and the organization that you're speaking about is Project Healing Waters Fly Fishing, which is a fantastic national organization. I think that anybody who fly fishes, maybe not any, anybody, but quite a few people, find that it's an activity that allows you to focus on the activity at hand, to immerse yourself in a great natural environment, and hopefully to catch some fish while you're doing it. I've found over the years that even on days when I'm not catching fish, just to be in that environment in a beautiful river, maybe with mountains and forests surrounding me, everything else sort of drops away. There's a a sense of serenity and peace. And that's what we're hoping that folks who are working their sobriety are going to find when they start fly fishing. And it's been the fact for the retreats that we've held so far that people have become so engaged in the, the practice and the activity of fly fishing that it really does help people exactly the way that we hoped it would. And another important aspect of your nonprofit is you're connecting people with other people that are either recovering or have gone through that process and are clean and sober. Because it's hard to do this battle alone or to go ahead and get a lot out of it if you're fishing with somebody who's never walked in your shoes, so to speak. Exactly. Most of our board and most of our staff are in recovery, anywhere from, I would say, 5 to 25 years. And it's something that they're very, very passionate about. They have found that fly fishing has been a road to maintaining their sobriety, and they want to share that with people who are taking that same journey that they are. And the way that we have most effectively found participants for the program is to reach out to local recovery centers, and it's pretty easy to get 10 to a dozen anglers to participate. We've had five retreats so far, um, and as I said, they are free for the participants. And another important aspect is that we are a 100% volunteer organization. Nobody from the staff or the board 
receives any compensation. We just do it for the love of, of the activity and, and to try and help people. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Is Reeling and Serenity a new organization, and is it a nationwide organization? Yeah, it's a fairly new organization. We started up with our first retreat, I believe, in September of 2022. We're primarily based in Georgia uh, and on the East Coast, though I'm, on, I'm in California. We have staff in Pennsylvania and New York, but it's a very small organization. But our, our goal this year is to have retreats in Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and hopefully Montana as well. So we're moving westward as we go. As a matter of fact, uh, this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, you've got a fly fishing festival that's taking place in Brevard, North Carolina at mm -hmm. the Deerwood Reserve. Tell our listeners about this. It's a great fly fishing festival. It's our first time exhibiting there and participating. Two of our staff members are going to be there, our executive director and communication director. But they are two longtime friends who were co-founders of the organization and they've worked at several shows. And Becca is a really fascinating person, Becca Klein, who is our executive director. She's a woman who's fighting stage four metastatic breast cancer. Oh, wow. um, there have been films made about her. She is a great angler. She does a, a program every year, um, several times a year, called All Kids Fish, where she gets kids in Georgia out on the water fly fishing. And it's just a great activity, and she's an, an inspiration to all of us. Well, this uh, Fly Fishing Festival, folks, again, is the Forks of the River Fly Fishing Festival. And Reeling Serenity is going to have a booth there. Again, it's taking place at the Deerwood Reserve in Brevard, North Carolina, today and tomorrow. It's $20 for a day pass, $40 for the whole family, or $15 for a student. In addition to being able to talk to the folks at Reeling Serenity, there's also yep. going to be live music, food trucks, local vendors, door prizes, raffles, and good times. So check that out. What are some other events that you have coming up? We participate in the various stops of the fly fishing show. They have, I think, maybe seven or eight stops around the country. I exhibit at the Pleasanton, California stop. We'll be at the Atlanta, Georgia stop. I think we're going to shoot for the Pennsylvania one coming up in 2024 as well. Ben Freerimsky, who's the, the head of uh, the Fly Fishing Show, has been a really terrific friend and supporter, both of my book and of Reeling and Serenity. And it's just a great opportunity to talk to people firsthand about what we're doing. When I hosted a booth last year, I just had this extraordinary experience of talking to people about their personal experiences with substance abuse with members of their family. It was tremendously moving, and I think it's one of the, the most amazing experiences I've ever had. You're listening to America Outdoors Radio. We're talking to Alan Weiner. He is the president of Reeling in Serenity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping people recover from alcoholism and substance abuse through fly fishing. It's a newer organization, volunteer-driven, and here's my next question. If somebody today is listening and wants to get involved either as a participant or as a volunteer, how do they do that? The best way to do that is to reach out to us through our email address, which is info at reelinginserenity.org. You can visit our website, reelinginserenity.org. And if you didn't remember that email address, uh, there's a contact link there as well. All right. The website again, reelinginserenity.org. That's reelinginserenity.org. Check it out, get involved, and go fly fishing. Alan, thanks for what you do, and thanks for sharing this pleasure. with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you, John. 
before we go, a friendly reminder to be careful out there on the road because this is the time of year when deer and elk like to wander onto the roadway. There's a few things you can do. Keep in mind that Although these animals tend to be nocturnal, at this time of year, you can actually find them during the day, and it's always best to slow down a little, especially if you're going to be in an area that's marked with a deer or elk crossing sign. The Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife's got some other recommendations for you, too. One of them is to be alert in areas with dense vegetation along the road or while going around curves, because wildlife near the road can be very hard to see in these situations. If you do see one animal, stay alert, because there are others likely nearby. And if you see an animal on the side of the road, slow down, stay in your lane. Many serious injuries result of moving into the opposite lane and getting into an accident with another vehicle. Always wear your seatbelt. Even a minor collision can result in serious injuries. And if you are in a state where you can salvage a roadkill deer or elk, have the gear so that you can do so in your vehicle. Couple of other reminders for you. Number one, if you haven't already, I hope you'll like and follow our Facebook page at America Outdoors Radio. We've got the holiday season coming up soon, and we're going to be doing our Christmas gift giveaway early next month. I want you to be part of that. And don't forget to check us out online on the web. Our website is AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. That's AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. Check out our sponsor links on the front page, too, and support the organizations and businesses that are supporting us. And if you're going to be traveling, check out the TuneIn page because we've got 135 stations in 33 states. You can hear this show in a whole lot of different places. So look for a station that's going to work for you while you're on the road this fall and winter. On that note, it is time to go, but here's hoping that you are able to get out for a little bit of deer hunting or elk hunting or waterfowl hunting, upland bird hunting, or maybe some fishing too. It's all waiting for you during this month of November. So until next time, be blessed and remember this, it is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. (laughs) 